Welcome to the HR Chat Show, one of the world's most downloaded and shared podcasts designed for HR pros, talent execs, tech enthusiasts, and business leaders. For hundreds more episodes and what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Badham, and joining me on this episode is the awesome, fantastic, super famous Jacob Morgan, keynote, TEDx speaker, futurist, host of the Great Leadership Podcast, multi-best-selling author. In fact, his latest book is called Leading with Vulnerability, Unlock Your Greatest Superpower to Transform Yourself, Your Team, and Your Organization. And we're going to be delving into some of the points from Jacob's latest book in today's interview. Hey, Jacob, welcome to the show today. Thank you for having me. So beyond my reintroduction there, why don't you start by reintroducing yourself to our audiences? It's the second time you've been on the show, but perhaps some folks haven't listened to the previous episode yet. Sure. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a little while, actually, since I was a guest on the show. So for people not familiar who I am, uh, basically, I got into this space around 15 years ago because I had terrible jobs working for other people. And one of the last jobs I had working for somebody else is when they made me go get him um, coffee. And it was one of the top executives at the company. And that was around uh, 15 years ago. And ever since then, I've been speaking, writing, creating content, advising organizations on really three central themes, which are my, my passion and also my mission for what I'm trying to do for organizations. And that's to create great leaders, engaged employees, and future ready organizations. And so I do that through uh, books, through speaking, and through a lot of content that I create. Marvelous. Thank you very much, Jacob. So you have a very well-recognized personal brand, of course. Can you share some of your top tips for others out there looking to develop and better project their own personal brands? Oh, my goodness. Uh, probably the biggest thing that's been helpful for me is to be consistent. Um, so, you know, picking themes and sticking to them. Some of the themes are a little bit tangentially related. For example, employee experience and future of work and leadership. It's not that they're, you know, identical copies of each other, but they're all very much in that same space. So I've been very consistent with the themes that I focus on. I also try to be um, very visible in the content that I create. I create a lot of content. It goes up in a lot of different places. So that's that's been very helpful for me and also trying to take complex topics and distilling them into simple ideas and making the content fun. I mean, I, I genuinely have a lot of fun with the stuff that I do, and hopefully that comes across. Thanks for tuning in to the HR Chat Podcast. If you're enjoying this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. And now, back to the conversation. Excellent. Thank you very much. And I think it does. I think it does come across. Uh, now then, let's focus on some issues raised in your new book, if you don't mind. Uh, the, the the book is designed to show readers why it's so critical to lead with vulnerability and how to do it well. Uh, first question for you, what makes leaders feel most vulnerable at work and why? Sure. Um, and I suppose we should probably even start with kind of a distinction, right, between what it means to be vulnerable and leading with vulnerability, which maybe we could touch on after this one. Um, but as far as what makes leaders feel most vulnerable at work, uh, I interviewed 100 CEOs and I surveyed 14,000 employees. And it all came down to leaders asking themselves one of four types of questions. 
And I broke down these questions into questions of the head, uh, the heart, the body, and the soul. And questions, and they're kind of um, uh, symbolic, right? So questions of the head are ideas that you might have. So sometimes you're in a meeting, sometimes you're talking to somebody and you might say to yourself, oh, why did I think that? That, that? that was pretty stupid. Like I shouldn't have, you know, that was a dumb thought. And so you kind of question, you know, why are you thinking a certain way? Why is your train of thought going in a certain direction? And that can make you feel vulnerable. The second thing is questioning in action. So why did I hire this person? Why did I fire this person? Why did I make that strategic business decision? Um, so sometimes leaders can feel very vulnerable by the actions, by the decisions that they take. Uh, a third one is questioning how they're seen. So for example, imposter syndrome, questioning of the heart. I don't feel seen. I don't feel heard. I don't feel like I belong here. I don't feel like I'm good enough. Those are all questions of the heart. And then lastly, we have questions of the soul. This is what makes leaders feel most vulnerable. And this is a time or a situation when you have to question who you are as a leader, who you are as a person. So maybe you do something or, you know, something happens and you're forced to confront yourself and say, wow, what kind of a leader am I that I would do something like that? What kind of a person am I that would do something like that? And that can be a very, very vulnerable thing when you kind of question the core of who you are and how you lead. That's what makes leaders feel most vulnerable. But in general, those four questions are all in that kind of vulnerability uh, circle. Okay, thank you. What keeps leaders from being vulnerable at work? You know, what, what are those... What are those mental hurdles stopping them from uh, being more authentic, showing their vulnerability, and, and how can they begin to overcome some of those? Well, the number one thing when we ask 14,000 employees what keeps you from uh, being vulnerable at work is I don't want to be perceived as being weak or incompetent. In other words, we don't want to talk about mistakes and failures and challenges and struggles and show emotion because we don't want people to think that we're stupid. We don't want people to think that we're not good at our job. And interestingly enough, um, I don't advocate for vulnerability at work. I don't believe leaders should be vulnerable at work. I believe they should lead with vulnerability. And let me quickly share what the difference between those two things are. Vulnerability is you show up to work and you say, um, you know what, Bill? I know you gave me this project to do. I'm sorry. I screwed it up. That's a very vulnerable thing, right? I mean, I'm admitting to a mistake. I uh, screwed something up and I'm telling you about it. Uh, leading with vulnerability means... Hey, Bill, um, I know you gave me this project to do. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry I screwed it up. But here's what I learned from the mistakes that I've made. And here are the things that I'm going to do to make sure that those mistakes don't happen again in the future. The first one is being vulnerable. The second one is leading with vulnerability. And so the probably the most important theme and thing that people can walk away from this interview is leadership plus vulnerability equals leading with vulnerability competence and connection. Vulnerability is how you connect with people. Leadership is how you demonstrate your competence, how you're good at your job, how you are, um, you know, what, what your skills are, something of that nature. And that's, that's a critical element that we oftentimes forget. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the HR Chat Show. IEA training provides professional development to a changing workforce with changing needs. And we're proud to support this episode of the HR Chat Podcast. IEA offers lots of courses, webinars, and on-demand training to meet our students where they are and help them reach their goals. We're proud of our contribution to better risk analysis and high operating standards in the industry. 
Learn more at ieatraining.org. And now, back to the conversation. Okay, so what your skills are, maybe what your superpowers are, because uh, in the book, you talk about five vulnerable leader superheroes. Can you tell us more about those now? Sure. Um, so to your point, right, I mean, one of the themes, um, and this is where I get a little frustrated, right, is because we tend to just think of being vulnerable or not being vulnerable. And that's not quite the right way to, to think about this inside of organizations. So again, first, I want to make sure that people walk away with this theme of leading with vulnerability, uh, not just being vulnerable, because if you just you know, if you just show up to work talking about your mistakes and challenges and struggles and things like that, eventually people are going to wonder why you're in the role that you're in. So you have to demonstrate the competence, how you're closing the gap, how you're being good at your job, how you're improving and moving things forward. So getting back to the theme of these five different types of superheroes, it's not that simple of like, I'm vulnerable, I'm leading with vulnerability or I'm not, right? We, we do this in different ways. And so I'll quickly give you the five superheroes that I was able to identify. One is Captain Hart. And Captain Hart is the superhero that, um, you know, they, they wear their heart on their sleeve. In other words, they are an open book. Uh, you know, what you see with them is what you get. And we know a lot of different people like that. They're just kind of, you know, they are who they are and they're, they're open and that's just how they live and how they lead. Uh, the second superhero is Wonder Worker. Wonder Worker is someone who is more comfortable being vulnerable around work-related things. They talk about mistakes and challenges and failures and things of that nature, but within a work context, they're not as comfortable um, sharing things about their personal life. It doesn't mean they never will, but as a, at a, from a comfort level, it's just not where they default to. And then after that, we have Professor Personal. Professor Personal is more comfortable talking about things outside of work, lessons that they might learn in their personal lives, maybe how those things can be applied in a work context. But in general, they're more comfortable sharing um, things in their, um, in their personal life. Um, then we have, uh, after Professor Personal, we have Super Situational. And Super Situational is someone who um, really changes how they're vulnerable depending on the situation that they're in. In other words, they're kind of like, I don't want to say a chameleon, but depending on who they're talking to, depending on what the situation is, they can kind of adapt and be nimble and flexible there. Then we have balanced beast. This is, uh, you know, I, I, I think I fit into this category. Somebody who's pretty balanced and even keeled across the board. In other words, they're just as vulnerable with everybody. Right. I mean, whether you're talking to an executive at a company or a friend, you're kind of evenly balanced. You're not going to disclose or share more with one person than the other. You're kind of, you know, stable across the board. Um, so those are the five types of superheroes. And they all have their own pros and cons. But, you know, as, as I describe these, people can kind of identify where they think they fit. You mentioned at the top of your answer there that, of course, you've got to prove out the, the efforts to... Um, to try and improve your leaders and improve your people. Uh, so you also speak in the book about an ROI attached to leading with vulnerability. Uh, so are we talking full on metrics there that you can take to the CFO, Jacob? T tell us more. There are, uh, so yes, um, I look at it in two different types of uh, ROI. One is the ROI to the leader themselves. So why should you do this as an individual? And the ROI there basically comes to the fact that um, 
the way that we've been leading, you know, at the time, uh, command and control, don't show emotion, don't show feelings, uh, never admit you're wrong. All that sort of stuff used to make sense because um, that's, that's the world that we live in. Um, if you look at the time when we had people like Jack Welsh, when we had people like Steve Ballmer, it, it was acceptable to lead with command and control. It was acceptable to not show emotion or anything like that. And that's kind of the environment that we lived in. And that's the environment that we worked in. But over the past few years, the world has changed, especially as we're coming out post-pandemic. We're talking about employee health and well-being and employee experience and purpose and meaning, all these different types of things. And so we as leaders have to adapt and change because our environment has changed. And there's a theory in psychology uh, called um, mismatch theory. And mismatch theory basically states that attributes and behaviors that were once beneficial to us are now detrimental to us. And that's what we're seeing um, right now. And so we need to figure out, do you want to be the kind of leader that sticks to the old ways of doing things? and hopes that nobody notices? Or do you want to be the type of leader who is going to adapt and and transform and be relevant in the new world of work that we're all a part of? Uh, getting to some kind of metrics, we found that um, organizations rarely that lead with vulnerability are four and a half times more likely to be prepared to foster uh, an inclusive culture at work. They're more than two times as likely to feel prepared to operate in a highly ambiguous business environment two and a half times as likely to manage a remote workforce uh, effectively. We also found that in organizations where leaders always lead with vulnerability when appropriate, those leaders in those organizations, um, the perception of there is that those leaders are much higher quality. And we have a lot of other uh, different stats uh, on that as well. But it's very clear that um, there is an impact both to the leader and also to the, uh, to the business as a whole. Once in a while an event series is born that shakes things up, it makes you think differently, and it leaves you inspired. That event is Disrupt HR. The format is 14 speakers, 5 minutes each, and slides rotate every 15 seconds. If you're an HR professional, a CEO, a technologist, or a community leader and you've got something to say about talent, culture or technology, Disrupt is the place. It's coming soon to a city near you. Learn more at disrupthr.co. Very good. I was getting a bit worried there that uh, you weren't going to throw some numbers at me. And then you, you, you threw a whole bunch of excellent stats to back up what you were saying. Very good. Very good, Jacob. Uh, you also talk in the book about ways to climb the vulnerability mountain. I'm sure it wouldn't be an issue for those superheroes. They can probably just fly to the top. Uh, what do you mean by this? So the cover of the book is um, somebody who is climbing a mountain or they're, you know, they're looking up at this mountain that they're about to climb. And the, the visual of the mountain is obviously very purposeful because the idea is that as you climb a mountain, the beginning of the mountain, it's easy, right? Base camp, you can, you can climb. There's not a lot of effort. It's something that you can, you can do relatively easily. And the peak of the mountain is where things get hard, right? The higher up the mountain you go, the more difficult it becomes, the more challenging it becomes. And as you climb the mountain, you not only does it become more challenging, but the more beautiful the vistas become, the more clarity you get, the farther out you can see, the more people you see on this journey with you. 
And so the visual is very, very relevant for this idea of climbing the vulnerability mountain. And what I mean when I say that is I encourage people to pick something that they could do tomorrow, today, right? Base camp. Like what's something that you can do uh, now? And then what does the top of the mountain look like? What's the scary thing? What does the peak look like where you're going to have to put a lot of time and effort and energy and you can't imagine doing it now? And once you have the base and the peak, then you can start to figure out the things that you need to do in between. And that's kind of the approach that I encourage leaders to take when we think about climbing that vulnerability mountain is define the base, define the peak, and take steps to to climb. Very good. We're almost out of time already, Jacob, for your second appearance on the HR Chat pod. Before we do wrap up, how can folks connect with you? And you are everywhere, so I'm sure it won't be difficult for folks to find you. And of course, how can they get a copy of your new book? Sure. So the book is called Leading with Vulnerability. It's available pretty much anywhere you can find a book. But we also did make a special URL for the book in case people order it. We're going to give them some cool bonuses for hardcover copies. And that URL is leadwithvulnerability.com. Again, that's leadwithvulnerability.com. And uh, I always like to give people my email in case they have questions, which is jacob at thefutureorganization.com. And so people can reach out to me if they have uh, any questions. Perfect. Well, that just leads me to say for this particular episode, Jacob Morgan, thank you very much for joining me back on the HR Chat Show. Thanks for having me. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thanks for listening to the HR Chat Show. If you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe and listen to some of the hundreds of episodes published by HR Gazette. And remember, for what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com.